Do you really think God answers your prayers? Our text this morning is going to be drawn from Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us this morning. We pray that you'd open your word to us. We pray that you would lead us and guide us in it to be hearers and doers of it, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was watching a documentary a few years ago when the guy in the film received a phone call using the same stock iPhone ringtone that I have. When I heard the ringtone, I responded with speed and intent before I realized that what I had heard was not my phone at all. When God's people cry out and do not relent, he hears them and responds with speed and intent. This morning in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus teaches us, God hears you. God hears you. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. Luke chapter 18, we're going to begin in verse 1. Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. And it says there in verse 1, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now this parable is peculiar in being one of the few in which Jesus introduces the parable's aim. He tells us here is up front what this parable is about. Now, in context, Jesus has just told his hearers about his death and the coming destruction of Israel, telling them that great things are about to happen, things that might appear to be very chaotic, that in the wake of which is going to come a time of great troubles, the death of Christ and his resurrection and the coming destruction of Israel, spectacular days of immense persecution were going to come in the wake of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit would be poured out on the church and then trouble would come. Decades of trouble where there would be persecution from the Jews and persecution from Roman authorities and then the destruction of Israel would come. And so they ought to pray and not lose heart. In the midst of the troubles that would come, the troubles of which would bring about many injustices, they are to pray and not lose heart in the midst of injustice. Why? Because God hears you. Going on to verse 2. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Now in a place like Galilee where most of Jesus' ministry is taking place, unlike those areas under Roman control like the province of Judea, would have been places of great corruption. Now this is ironic that by this point in the first century that you could actually get better justice under the pagan Roman authorities than you could under Jewish judges because there was so much corruption in the land. And notice this judge here. The way Jesus describes this judge in this parable would have been very familiar to his hearers. This judge did not fear God. He did not in the Greek phobeomai. Phobeomai, that's where we get our word phobia from. This judge didn't fear God. This judge does not have the understanding, the bare basic understanding to have true wisdom. And what does the Psalms tell us? It tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge, but this judge does not fear God. In addition to this, notice, this judge did not respect men. 
The Greek verb there is entrepo. He does not entrepo men. It means to turn one's attention to in a riveted or locked-in fashion. Now think about that for a minute. This judge does not give attention to men. What kind of judge is this? Would you like to bring your case before a judge who does not give attention to men? So he does not fear God, and he does not respect or give one's attention to men. In fact, in the Greek it says here, me entrepomenos, so there's that word there, entrepo. He does not give his full attention to men. This judge doesn't fear God, and he doesn't give his full attention to men. Who's presenting their cases before the judge? Men are, and he does not give them his full attention. So this judge is not only a terrible judge, but he's also a horrible Jew. Going on to verse 3. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. Now we're introduced to a widow. And this is in parabolic fashion. So what do you think this widow represents? This widow here. Jesus is the bridegroom who will shortly die, resurrect, and ascend. And then the bride, the bride though betrothed, the church, will be left as a widow on the earth. We have the Spirit of God, but we don't have Jesus directly, physically with us. We will see him as he is on the last day. When we come to the final supper of this age and the beginning of the age to come, the marriage feast of the Lamb, then we will be able to behold him as we, he is. We will be glorified. But until then, Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he's brought to us by the power of the Spirit. And so through this age, we, the bride, will constantly cry out to the judge, cry out to the judge. And notice what she says here. Give me justice against my adversary. Now, that's not exactly literally what it says. Kids, listen up to this. It's ektikason me tu antidiku mu. Literally, it's this. You must avenge me of my adversary. You must avenge me of my adversary. The verb there is ektikeo. It's in an imperative. So notice the boldness of this woman. She's literally giving an imperative. It's like a command to the judge. She comes to the judge and she says this literally, you judge must avenge me of my adversary. Now that word there, ektikeu, is kind of interesting. It shows up into some key places in scripture. For example, we find it in a verbal form in Revelation chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10. I'm sure many of you are familiar with these verses. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? How long before you judge and avenge, that's the word ektikeo there, our blood on those who dwell on the earth? We find the same word in its noun form over in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Again, it's some very famous verses here. Verse 19 of Romans chapter 12. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance, ektikesis, there's that word again. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And this, this widow cries out, you must avenge me of my adversary. Now the adversary is not really described here. 
But again, parable, this woman probably represents the people of God. The adversary of the widowed bride ultimately coalesces in the adversary himself, the devil. Avenge me of my adversary. Going on to verse 4. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down with her continual coming. This is an amazing parable. Jesus has several of these parables that kind of are mind-blowing, the boldness of which the people approach this authority figure. The judge acknowledges that he's a worthless judge. Do you see that? He's, he's self-aware enough to know, I neither fear God nor respect man. He's proud of the fact that he's a terrible judge, that he's a worthless judge, and yet still he gives justice to the persistent widow. The widow, notice the widow, kids, she bothers the judge. Notice the widow, kids. She keeps on coming. She doesn't give up. The widow bothers the judge and beats him down with her continual coming. So the judge gets up in the morning, gives himself a nice shave, slaps on some obsession by Herod, and here's the widow in the street in front of her house. Give me justice! She follows him to the courthouse and sits in the hall outside of his chamber. Give me justice! He sneaks out to Falafel King for lunch, and there she is. Give me justice! He goes home and washes up for bed, and then he hears her outside in the darkness. Give me justice! Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect? whom cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Jesus says, hear what the unrighteous judge says, I will give her justice. Jesus is making the point. If a woman like this widow wears down the unrighteous judge, how much more so will the true judge give justice to the people whom he loves, whom he locks in on with his attention, whom he cares for. Hear what the unrighteous judge says, I will give her justice. Will not God give justice to his elect? Will he not deliver them? Now, if you've looked at the Old Testament and the Psalms, you know that this theme of crying out to the Lord for deliverance and the Lord answering his people comes up again and again. And probably one of the most prime texts on this is Psalm 107. In Psalm 107, we've got a series of vignettes where people are in trouble and they find themselves in dire straits, sometimes through no fault of their own, but other times because of their own sins. And they find themselves in trouble and they cry out to the Lord for deliverance and he hears them and he delivers them. In fact, go ahead and turn to Psalm 107 for a second there. Psalm 107 in verse four, it says, some wandered in desert places, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. And this seems to call back an allusion to the wilderness experience of the people of God in the Exodus, a theme that comes up again and again all over the scriptures, even coalescing in the Lord Jesus Christ in the wilderness. They wander in desert places. They have no place to call their own. They're hungry and they're thirsty. They need to cry out to the Lord. Then in verse 10 and 11, some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. 
prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Here we've got people that have brought this situation upon themselves. They find themselves oppressed. They find themselves imprisoned because of their sin. They've been brought into dire straits because they rebelled against the word of God. Verse 17, some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction and they loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Seems to be talking about people who acted foolishly with their lives and now they find themselves in dire circumstances. Perhaps they're sick. They're dying of some disease because of their sin. They're drawing near to the gates of death. And then in verse 23 and 24, very famous verses about mariners, about sailors. This is made famous in the choral anthem written by William Billings. We've got these sailors here in verse 23. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. And then as that psalm goes on, they find themselves in a storm. And the waves are rising up high and high and then back down again. And the ship appears to be cracking apart. And the sailors are worried that their ship is going to break apart and they'll sink down and drown in the deep. But we see this refrain coming up again and again in Psalm 107, like in verse 13. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And the widow woman here cries out to the Lord in her trouble. She cries out to the judge in her distress. And this judge, the unrighteous judge, hears. What's the point Jesus is bringing out? Will God give justice, execute the avenging to those who cry out diligently? Will he delay over them? No, friends, God hears you. God hears you. Going on to verse 8. I tell you, says Jesus, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth. Will God give justice? Will God execute the avenging to those who cry out diligently? Will he delay long over them? What does Jesus say? Jesus says God will execute the avenging speedily. The word in Greek there is takos. It means quickness, hastiness, immediately. Jesus says God hears you and God will deliver you, but it may not occur in the manner in which you expect. And then Jesus says these words. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, what is Jesus referring to here? I believe you've got two options. One is, it's the end of the age when Jesus comes again. Or two, 70 AD when Jesus comes in judgment. I suppose you could have three. It's all of the above. But which one is it? Well, my preference is actually 70 AD. Notice the context here. Jesus is speaking to a people. He's speaking to them about things that are going to happen. He's telling them to do certain things about those things that are going to happen. Very soon, you're going to have much injustice. You're going to face situations of persecution that are going to push you to the point of death and even beyond that. And when that happens, you cry out. You cry out to the judge. 
the judge of all the earth, and he will hear you, and he will deliver you. Ultimately, Jesus comes, hears, and delivers, and brings vengeance in 70 AD. Now, for the people that are hearing him, it was the end of the world. Everything that they thought about how the world operates, that Israel must stand forever, that Jerusalem must be the center of the earth, that the temple is the center of God's affections and attentions through all ages to come, and yet that would be transformed. That that temple of stone would be brought down in the justice of Jesus when the old covenant finally comes to an end and the new temple arises and it's made out of fleshly stones. It's you and I. It's the body of Christ. But either way, whether 70 AD or the end of the age, Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? Faith that prays and faith that believes God hears you. Kids, do you believe God hears you? Can I hear an amen to that? God hears you. Jesus promises God hears you. Jesus wants you to storm the gates of heaven because the judge of all the earth hears you and he will come and deliver you. When my kids were small, they figured out pretty quickly that when they requested something from me, I heard them and would answer them, we'll see. And that only meant that I would grant their request. And they'd all shout, Dad said, we'll see. (laughs) Well, far more than my loving but imperfect hearing and granting, God hears you and will not delay in granting your request for justice. A recent Democrat candidate for president said he would defund churches that stand against same-sex marriage. You have to have your head in the sand if you don't see this is where a large swath of your fellow citizens is headed. In essence, the president of the United States would use the power of the federal government to harass, marginalize, and try to shut down the church in America for teaching and believing what Christians always and everywhere have believed and what the Bible clearly teaches. As these things happen, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to storm heaven with prayer day and night because God hears you. When evil people try to sabotage you at work, storm the gates of heaven in prayer because God hears you. When the university tries to shut down your Christian club and brand you as a backward hater, storm the gates of heaven in prayer because God hears you. When a wicked communist government blows up churches and imprisons your brothers and sisters in Christ in China, storm the gates of heaven in prayer because God hears you. Because as we've learned this morning in the Gospel of Luke, God hears you. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you hear us. You hear us even now. You delight for us to come into your presence. But so often, we do not mature past our infantile stage of expecting things to happen immediately. Bless us and strengthen us in the power of the Spirit to come again and again before your throne, asking our requests, growing our spiritual muscles in Christ, Bless us to do this even this week and to intercede on behalf of our community around us. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.